Welcome to the Earthside Birth Podcast, a space created with the intention to provoke independent thought in women within a culture that has conditioned her to allow others to do the thinking for her. I'm your host, Petra Mesa, a radical midwifery student, doula, mother, and a former nurse who walked away from the medical system and never looked back. I invite you, sister, to join me on an exploration of the true creative power of women on my journey into independent birth work as I dive deep into topics covering pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Merry come and merry meet beauties. In this space, there is only the intention for the highest good of all, rooted in love. Nothing discussed in this podcast should be considered medical advice. I am not a doctor. Pregnancy is not a disease, and birth is a physiological, non-medical event. Hey there, Merry Meet Beauties, Petra here, coming to you today to talk about the big O. And I am, of course, referring to obligation, the O that nobody ever really seems to want to talk about. Um, And apologies if you were under the impression that we were talking about something else today. Nonetheless, this is a really loaded topic that, in my opinion, is super important. Um, Obligation is the condition of being morally or legally bound to do something, right? And so in my last episode, just to touch on this briefly, I had mentioned um, how I believe that it's not necessarily necessary to align with absolutely everything, right? Every belief or every viewpoint to support someone, right? I'm talking about birth work. I'm talking specifically about Um, you know, doulas, midwives, you know, birth work. Um, And I just wanted to um, clarify that while I do believe that very strongly, you are not obligated to work with anyone especially not everyone, okay? Because birth workers, we often have a sense of obligation to serve everyone that shows up at our doorstep, so to speak, right? And this can be detrimental to our overall well-being, right? And so a good example of that is when the COVID nonsense was going on and hospitals started enforcing these protocols, we saw an increase in home birth rates. And what happened was midwives started taking on many clients, right? They took on too many clients, as well as too many clients that they shouldn't have taken in the first place. Meaning that these women who had been following a doctor for their prenatal care, who had been planning a hospital birth through their entire pregnancy, um, decided on home birth for, to be quite frank, the wrong reasons, right? Um, these women had such differing birth philosophies 
um, than these midwives that they were better served in the hospital setting. And what this did was it led to a tremendous overwhelm and burnout for a, a lot of these midwives, um, maybe even most of these midwives. And so that's a good example of what I'm talking about, that sense of obligations where we, you know, we feel like we're, we have to help everybody, right? Um, and that's just not true. We also see... Um, you know, that discrimination goes both ways. So I had mentioned, you know, birth workers feeling that they couldn't uh, support people who differed in personal views than them, like, um, you know, for example, faith. And I just feel that there is a tremendous difference um, between working with somebody I'm sorry between not working with somebody because you genuinely don't jive with them and it's not a good idea it's not a good match your birth philosophies don't align um, these are all things that will directly affect this woman's um, support and her experience as well as your experience um, there's a huge difference between that and not supporting somebody on the basis of a uh, discriminatory factors such as faith or race or ethnicity or social status or whatever there's a huge difference um i've also seen pregnant women who have this kind of like sense of entitlement um right where they they feel like they um are just entitled to work with anybody that they choose and that the birth worker right especially doulas i've found um that they don't have like a say in whether they're accepted or not. Like it's up to the client in other words, which is just absolutely ridiculous and not true. Again, you're not obligated to work with anybody. Um, and, but it's interesting though, like where does this sense of entitlement come from? Right? Well, when you think about it for the past century ish, right? Women have been seeing doctors and going into hospitals to give birth. So in other words, they're simply not used to being turned away. Um, remember that when obstetrics first started to push hospital birth, uh, doctors really had to convince women to leave their homes. Hospital birth was not the social norm of the time. And so doctors were in the business of luring women into the hospitals. They were not, and still today we see often are not, in the business of turning them away. It is a business. First and foremost, it is a business. Um, and of course, there are doctors who are... Um, out there with good intentions and compassion in their hearts and uh, in this work for the right reasons, right? But the fact is that even with these doctors, like this is their livelihood, you know, this is where their earnings come from. This is how they support themselves and support their families, right? And I mean, the truth is just the more patients they see, the more lucrative their business is. 
um, the business of medicine is, in fact, both lucrative and prestigious. And so these are two incentives from which many doctors work, right? That's just kind of the way it is. Um, but going back to women not being used to be turned away, like think about it. Like you can go into any office and make an appointment to see any doctor. Like generally speaking, that's how it works. That's not to say that you will not be dismissed from care. That is actually a thing. Um, it happens quite often. And usually it's for what they call non-compliance, right? Basically, it's when a woman doesn't fall in line and agree to a recommendation, whether that is recommended testing or follow-up or treatment or medication uh, or, you know, plan of care, whatever, um, they will dismiss you from care on those grounds. And this is because even doctors are not actually obligated to serve women who are not aligned with their ideals, um, who are not aligned uh, with the system in which they work, right? It goes back again to the importance of working with people um, of similar birth philosophies, all right? That's super, super important, okay? But the fact is that even doctors have boundaries. Even doctors, um, you know, when their boundaries are crossed, will refuse to treat you and see you. And they have the right under uh, those grounds of non-compliance. They have the right to do that. And they do do that quite often again. Um, so it's just really important to keep that in mind. Uh, whether you're a birth worker, whether you are an expectant mother, um, to really find your tribe, right? To find the people that uh, you really do jive with. Um, and that you will have a great experience with and birth workers again you know your experience matters too so again you're not obligated to work with anybody um but you know everybody needs to really kind of keep in in mind the importance of healthy boundaries and that's all i'm going to say about boundaries that could be its own episode that is like a fully fully loaded topic that i'm not going to get into right now so obligation, like what are we, you know, what are our, our obligations, right? Um, you can say on the basis of morals that birth workers are responsible for representing themselves, right? Representing themselves accurately and transparently. Transparency is a big thing for me. Um, I, you know, definitely don't want to um, to represent myself in a misleading way where people are under the impression that I have more knowledge, more skills, more experience than I actually have, right? Um, and that's not to say, now, somebody's interpretation of how you represent yourself is a different story. You can, sometimes you could just be crystal, crystal clear and they still just don't get it. They're interpreting you in a completely different way. Um, but f just for the sake of giving an example, I'll say something like this. I am, a, I, I am a birth worker. I work as a doula. I provide education and support 
for for moms right during their pregnancy and during their births and eventually i will be very happy to also offer midwifery services but i am in fact a student midwife i i am not uh I have not acquired those skills yet. I am not offering those services. So it is very important to be clear on what your uh, job entails, where your skill set lies, and what is your responsibility, right? What is, what are you uh, obligated to do? Um, And you know, we could go into contracts and like the legality of everything, but I'm really not wanting to focus on that right now. Um, so I'm not going to go there. But, um, you know, just because somebody is obligated, right, um, to do something or obliged to somebody um, doesn't mean that they will uphold that obligation, right? Doesn't mean that somebody's going to come through for you. Or it doesn't mean that somebody's going to represent themselves um, in an, in an, in a truthful way, in an honest way, right? Um, and the same thing with responsibility. So, what of responsibility? Um, so, I found this really bogus definition of responsibility. Um, if you Google responsibility. Um, it will tell you that it is the state or fact of having duty to deal with something or having control over someone, which in my opinion is absolute garbage, total garbage. Um, And I kind of just touched on why, but I will get a little further into it and I'll I'll explain why I feel that way in a minute. Um, A more appropriate definition of the word responsibility in my opinion is this expected or obliged to account for something or to someone answerable accountable okay so we can see that while um, obligation and responsibility are closely related they're very similar they are different right um you know an obligation is something like it's it's kind of like just the right thing to do. And yes, there is sometimes a legal aspect to that, right? When you sign contracts or something, you know, along those lines. Um, But, you know, generally, if you're obligated to do something, it's just like kind of like the right thing to do on a moral level, right? Um, When we get into responsibility, we start talking about accountability, all right? So now we're talking about ownership all right which is something that so many people choose to avoid and it's really baffling to me it's very interesting to me um how how abundant the um how abundant the reluctancy of uh ownership for for our actions are um in this culture and so responsibility like so who's responsible for what right well examples i guess we could say like something like um a a pregnant woman is responsible for the nutritious for 
having a nutritious diet and, you know, her own self-care during her pregnancy, you know, for the sake of her baby, for the benefit of her baby, right? And I think that that's pretty accurate, right? Because only you are accountable for the food that you put into your body. That is your responsibility, okay? It doesn't mean that you control the outcome, but it, your, your actions are your responsibility, and um, again, just because someone is responsible for something or has the potential to be held accountable for something doesn't mean that they will act on that responsibility. And a good example of that, we could look at um, the issue of informed choice, right? Doctors are responsible for providing you with the risks, benefits, and alternatives um, generally, you know, all of the information that you need in order to make a fully informed decision, a fully informed choice regarding your health care. But we, we often see that that's just not the case. We see um, alternatives, especially being uh, kind of like withheld, you know, um, especially like more holistic uh, approaches and all those kind of like alternative uh, treatment modalities, right? Um, they're not really discussed. They're not offered. Um, and that, in my opinion, from what I've seen is, again, related to this sense of responsibility. Um, you know, if if something happens to this woman and her baby because she goes to get acupuncture because I told her that that was an alternative, that puts the blame on me, which is just not the case because you are only responsible for your hand in whatever situation it is, right? Um, and so where is the accountability, right? In that case, or in general, I guess. Well, the accountability is in yourself, okay? You are only accountable for your own actions, for your own words, for your own things, for yourself. Um, nobody else. And I will, uh, with that, use the example of my first pregnancy that I also discussed a little bit in my last episode. Um, but I had explained that um, with this pregnancy, um, I was not educated at all from my care providers, not, not at all. Um, and the truth is that I am just as responsible for my lack of education as those doctors who were obliged, right? Who were in fact obliged, um, as defined by their job description to educate me. I am just as responsible for that because I played a hand in my care. I am responsible for my part of my care or lack thereof in this case. And it all comes back to taking ownership, accountability, taking ownership, okay? And doing that doesn't relinquish others of their responsibilities, you know, just because I played a part in, in that experience, um, just because, you know, 
I, you know, I made the choice, whether I was aware of it or not, to not educate myself, whether it was a conscious decision or otherwise, I still made the choice to not educate myself. That, me owning that, does not uh, relinquish these doctors from their responsibility that was to educate me. Okay, they are responsible for that. And so everybody just kind of needs to take responsibility for what is actually theirs and own their shit. Okay, and we are so reluctant to do that. And why? Why are we so reluctant to do that? Well, I have this theory where often responsibility we 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 couple that um sense of responsibility with feelings of shame and blame and guilt and regret and that is often done um when we take this sense of responsibility and we kind of like apply it to things that are actually out of our control right Again, we cannot control certain things. We can't control. We certainly can't control anybody, right? We can't control anybody else. Um, we are beings of free will. And we, um, we, we certainly cannot control um, a lot of life, right? If any of it. Some people would argue that you can't control what happens. It's all divine plan and timing. And so... But as birth workers, especially, um, we see um, we see that there is this tendency to hold ourselves accountable and take ownership over things that just sometimes come up um, in the natural process that is birth. Um, you know that are in fact beyond our control and therefore not our responsibility um but in certain certain situations of course it's easy to feel blame and shame and guilt and regret right especially when we um put the fault on ourselves and other people put the fault on us okay that doesn't mean that it is true um you know birth as a natural event is is just as safe as birth can be um, and while yes, healthy women, um, with normal pregnancies will typically not experience complications, um, especially when having a natural undisturbed birth, you know, still at times we see things come up that are simply beyond our control, simply beyond our control. And now how you go about handling a given situation and how you navigate all that um, that again is your responsibility and that is yours to own but the truth is that sometimes things just don't go how we want or how we expect them to and that's just the way of of nature um and so it brings me to question can birth be controlled? Now think about that. Can birth be controlled? Well, 
I certainly believe that many of us have been disillusioned to um, believe that that's true and in fact the case. But really, can birth be controlled? I don't necessarily agree. We can certainly tamper with birth. We can certainly interfere with birth, right? We can interfere with um, with birth and we can um, apply all of these medical interventions, ultimately altering birth. Certainly we can alter birth, okay? And certainly when we alter birth, we do see an increase, of course, in these complications, right? Um, but that is not controlling birth. That's not controlling birth. And you see that all the time when we try to control birth with these medical interventions. It's not, it doesn't go as you, as you want it to, because she is a fickle at times, fierce mistress to be reckoned with and not to be fucked with. She's got this shit. And we see the ramifications often when we do, you know, you mess with the bull, you get the horns and then you end up with a cesarean section that happens all the time. And I know that I'm not the only person that has seen that. Um, but the overall goal of obstetrics is to control and bring order to birth. Okay. And so it is, again, seen as something to be managed, right? As opposed to midwifery that tends to allow it to unfold as the natural process that it is. Of course, depending on the type of midwife that you have, yes, there is the disclaimer for you. It's not one size fits all. But generally speaking, that's really how it works. Um, the midwifery model of care versus the obstetrical model of care. And so when you're coming, regardless of your, your, you know, the type of care provider this is that I'm talking about, regardless of that status, when you're coming from um, this authoritative place of thinking that you can control birth and um, like believing that that is even actually a thing, it is sometimes naturally easier and like the default for you to assume the responsibility of the things that you in fact cannot control because you believed that you could in the first place. And so this is like a big root cause of like this tremendous fear of liability. That's where that comes into play a lot of the time. And, you know, it, it, it stems from this sense of responsibility over unpleasant outcomes and these complications that come up. Um, and I've seen it. I've, I've seen it. I've seen doctors who really think that they are in control of these births and situations and women's and women and their bodies. And something happens that really puts them in their place and really knocks them back into reality. And they have a very hard time coping with that. And it's really sad to see because, you know, I'm a compassionate person and it's, it's hard to see for everybody in every, in, you know, 
no matter who you are in that in that scenario it's hard um and so anyways you know in either case um you know what happens a lot of the time is the midwife or the doctor is actually taking on ownership of something that is absolutely not theirs to own um and that is the the client's trauma the patient's trauma and that's not to say that you don't have your own trauma to deal with um again that's your responsibility that is your responsibility your trauma your feelings your emotions your actions your words etc that is your shit to own okay um and again you are responsibility for the hand that you play in any given situation okay and how you navigate through it of course um but if birth is truly uncontrollable then we can't we cannot possibly be responsible for the outcomes right um another thing that we that we see that i have seen and many of us i know have seen is the opposite of that where um the again that finger pointing right that finger pointing um especially goes back to not wanting to feel these heavy emotions that we have you know coupled with this sense of responsibility right and and the feeling of being out of control uh, the feeling of being um responsible for for things that are in fact out of our control rather um and it's it's also um related to this confusion regarding what is actually our responsibility and what is actually ours to own right but you see this finger pointing where um a doctor um is so quick to blame the woman for um for poor outcomes or you know um it couldn't possibly be my fault i did everything that i could um and it was your body did this and your baby did that and you you should have been this way and you didn't perform how you were supposed to and in reality these things are out of this woman's control and not her responsibility not her fault right we we pair responsibility with this sense of fault again this sense of blame and shame and all of these heavy feelings when that's not what responsibility really is you know you you can be accountable and take ownership of your things and not feel like shit about it you know it's actually a quite empowering uh feeling to be in control of that and to own your your responsibilities and your actions um it gives you an edge that so many other people in our society just don't have they refuse um and so we also see you know um the woman blaming herself right herself her body for complications that can arise um unexpectedly and that are again beyond her control or she is very quick 
to blame the care provider, right? In a refusal to take ownership of the hand that she played in her experience. And now Marin Green has a phenomenal podcast um, about just this, and it's called When the Midwife is Blamed. I highly encourage you to check it out. Um, and I am, of course, just forever grateful for Marin um, opening up and sharing not only her wisdom, but her vulnerability, because this is something that um, we don't talk about. You know, we, we don't talk about it. It's like you're not supposed to talk about it. You're not supposed to um, talk about these these issues uh, surrounding responsibility and ownership and blame that when um, things go wrong, even when you do everything that you can, you do everything according to the book as far as, uh, you know, uh, you know, for lack of better words, you do um, everything in your power. Um you know, some things just are beyond, again, your control and therefore beyond your responsibility. Um, but somebody needs to be blamed and it is often the midwife. Um, more so than a doctor. Absolutely. Um, I have absolutely seen that with my own eyes um, where doctor, where, I'm sorry, where um, women will be so quick to say oh my doctor did everything that he could um but have terrible things to say uh about a midwife um that they were incompetent that they that they purposely tried to hurt them or their baby and it's just really really i'm sure that there are a thousand reasons someone that i could even go into right now that i won't for that but um but it is a thing and it, it deserves to be addressed. Your stories deserve to be heard. Your voices matter. Your experiences as care providers matter. Um, and, you know, how are we supposed to navigate um, through this work uh, in silence? It's not right. It's not right. And we want, again, the highest good of all. And that comes with sharing your experiences and being open about that and getting support from your community um, in turn. And anyway, so, you know, so the goal is to separate the feelings, the heavy feelings, right, um, from the sense of responsibility, from that sense of ownership, all right? And like, how you do that is entirely up to you, right? Like I cannot possibly tell you, this is how you do it. This is what's going to work for you. Um, Ta-da, abracadabra. But I can tell you what has worked for me. Um, and some of those things are, I'll start off by saying, sitting with myself and getting really clear on what responsibility is to me. Um, what in my life am I really truly responsible for? And what am I not responsible for? That's a big thing, right? What am I not responsible for? What do I think I'm responsible for that I'm actually not? We all have uh, issues surrounding this topic. We all have 
things that we think that we are responsible for where when in fact like we we are not they're out of our control and after you know identifying those things applying that to my life you know has been really helpful and just like the little things it doesn't have to be anything crazy but like for example i am responsible as a caregiver for my children for providing food for them to eat okay but i'm not responsible for them to actually eat it you know and yeah i grew up in a very different time where i was forced to eat my dinner i don't believe in that if you do go on with your bad self um more power to you i don't believe in that but i cannot again i don't believe that we can control anybody uh, especially our children like i didn't have children with the intentions of controlling them and dictating how they act and what they do with their lives. Like, that's not my goal. So I don't control whether they eat it or not. But I've held up my responsibility of providing that sustenance for them. And when they choose to eat it, when they're really hungry enough, they'll eat it. Um, uh, again, sitting with my thoughts, right? The, this, the thoughts and the conceived notions uh, of responsibility um, and putting them on paper, writing it out, journal. Um, journaling is a big thing. Um, making lists, make, it, make lists. Like sometimes I really need to see it, you know, um, to really let it sink in. Um, and really think it over you know is this a sense of responsibility that's coming from my truth or is it coming from judgment uh, of others or conditioning that's been like instilled in me you know um deciding you know finding my truth and and living by that and and owning that right talking about ownership and responsibility that in itself has has helped um the hardest thing perhaps is sitting with and acknowledging all of these hard feelings right that i have associated with this sense of responsibility um and really bringing awareness to those feelings um like in my body and seeing how and where they manifest physically um, and sometimes just sitting with them and building kind of like a comfort um, within the discomfort of that um, or just like a familiarity with those feelings because sometimes uh, we can, you know, then get to a place of like realization and understanding that these feelings, while they're very real, are not a threat to our safety and now think about that because when we feel these hard these heavy feelings in relation to responsibility or just even in general they can feel really unsafe right and like like what's gonna happen to me well nothing like you're just sitting in your body and nothing is happening to you right um and you could do that or sit and sit with these feelings or um, 
you can identify these physical manifestations um, and these emotions in your body um, and instead of you know just sitting with them kind of work through them um, talk to them breathe into breathe into them breathe into those feelings breathe into that energy and and really acknowledge it and talk to it and engage with it um and and tell that part of your body that you're safe right um sometimes in doing these kind of practices memories come up um where we realize where the root of these feelings really are coming from, right? Again, is this what I believe I'm responsible for? Is this really coming from me or is it coming from someone else or memory of somebody else or, you know, how we were raised or whatever? And, you know, not all of us were taught or given the tools we needed to grow um, emotional maturity, and that's just a, an unfortunate fact. Um, and so above all, for me, building my emotional intelligence and awareness has been absolute key in working through this false sense of responsibility and putting things into perspective for me. And so I just want to say, like, I, of course, I'm no expert in, in these somatic practices or in emotional intelligence. Um, while I have some experience with them, I am not an expert. And so if you're really interested in in doing these and working towards uh, this goal in these way, the, this goal in these ways, um, then I, I encourage you to seek someone, seek out somebody who is really uh, knowledgeable, who really knows their stuff. Um, I am simply sharing what has uh, been helpful for me. Um, and you certainly, of course, are not obligated to try it. Um, because the bottom line is that you are only responsible for yourself. Okay, you're only responsible for yourself. You're only responsible for your actions. Um, and the only thing you can control is yourself. Um, your only obligation, true obligation, is to yourself and how you carry yourself through your life. Um, again, everything comes down to personal choice. You, you choose how you carry yourself through your life. You choose to, um, you know, uphold your obligations, your personal obligations, your professional obligations, etc. That's choice. Um, we are all beings, again, of free will. And, um, you know, what you do with that, that is you and that is your responsibility. So... I hope that you were able to follow along and that I wasn't kind of like too all over the place. Um, and I hope you enjoyed and I thank you as always for listening. Um, I'm so excited to be here and for you to join me. I can't wait for next time. And until then, um, sending everybody love and light and blessed be.